Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. McGurk! I love not typing. not messing my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther? It's not just Lena being mean? No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. So fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired on the Supergirl Radio Facebook page and the DC TV podcast YouTube channel to go back in time. Since Morgan didn't review Supergirl episodes as a full-time co-host of Supergirl Radio until the episode World's Finest, which aired in March of 2016, we are revisiting the first season to get Morgan's thoughts. This week, we will be discussing episode 12 of season one titled Bizarro. And hopefully that means we don't need to uh, say things backwards or wear our clothing backwards. I I don't think we need to really commit to it (laughs) that far. Um, But we are going to be discussing Bizarro and Supergirl's take on Bizarro because Bizarro is actually... um, Uh, A pretty big character in Supergirl comics, but the Bizarro Girl is a a story in the Sterling Gates uh, Supergirl run. So it's one of my favorite Supergirl comic book stories. So if you haven't read Bizarro Girl, definitely check it out. Um, it's a really uh, good uh, look at Supergirl and her compassion. And I think maybe there there was a little bit of that captured in this episode that we are going to discuss. But before we get to that, we need to get to the news. I got so into our episode, I stopped paying attention to where we were in the dock. <laughs> here I am. All right. The news. Uh, and sad news, actually, too. It is uh, sad news. Kevin Conroy. Conroy, the uh, voice of Batman for three decades of animated TV specials and video games has died. He was 66. Uh, His death was announced by Warner Brothers and his rep. A cause was not disclosed, but reportedly he had been battling cancer. Uh, In a statement, Warner Brothers Animation says... Um, it is saddened by the loss of our dear friend Kevin Conroy. His iconic performance uh, of Batman will forever stand among the great portrayals of the Dark Knight in any medium. We send our warmest thoughts to his loved ones and join fans around the world in honoring his legacy. An actor with credits on stage, television, and film, Conroy became a premier voice actor as the title character of Batman, the animated series, from 92 to 96. He'd eventually give voice to the Dark Knight in nearly 60 different productions, including 15 films and more than 15 animated series spanning nearly 400 episodes and more than 100 hours of television. Uh, Conroy also voiced Batman in dozens of video games and was featured as a live-action Bruce Wayne 
in the Arrowverse 2019-2020 Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover event. He uh, is Batman for a lot of people, or he was, yeah. I guess I should say now. Uh, but uh, but the 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 Kevin Conroy voice is what a lot of people hear. They'll they'll talk about when they read comics, read Batman comics, they'll hear Kevin Conroy's voice. And for a lot of people, he is he is Batman. Uh, you, you know, we have the Christian Bales and the Ben Afflecks and the, uh, the Battinson. Uh, we have, we have all those portrayals, but for a lot of people, Kevin Conroy was Batman. And so this is a, a, a huge loss. Cause I, I know he was probably going to continue doing Batman things. Cause I mean, f- f- hundreds of hours as Batman, it's incredible. So a uh, very accomplished actor and a voiceover artist, um, uh, <laughs> Morgan and I both know how hard it is oh, uh, to not do easy. some voice acting. <laughs> so <laughs> I did one thing and I was like, whoo boy, yeah. that's, too, that's too much. Uh, yeah, he was a he was a great kind of like an iconic Batman. He he voiced so many. I didn't realize it had been that many episodes, that many hours of Batman. It's really incredible. I did see that the, I think it was like the Empire State Building, some somewhere in New York lit up uh, a building with like the bat signal um, in mourning for him. And I thought that was really nice. But yeah, I think to your point, I think for a lot of people, you know, you can argue about the live action portrayals of like this guy's Batman or that guy's Batman. But to a lot, a lot of people, his voice was Batman. Yeah. Yeah, I saw um, that the DC Comics Batman social media accounts had changed their profile pictures to the Batman the Animated Series version of the character, which I thought was really nice. And DC also uh, uh, put out Kevin's, uh, made Kevin's uh, comic book story that he wrote in the most recent DC Pride anthology series uh, available for free for people. I think it's on DC Infinite maybe um but that's available for free uh they've they've made that available since his passing so uh, it was just it was gut-wrenching when i saw the news i had to i had to like go find a, a i hate to say authoritative source but you know sometimes on twitter it might get trending that some celebrity has died and it turns out it's a hoax or it's misinformation or something like that and so i had to go through and figure out is this true and then it was just gut-wrenching when i realized that it was so uh, it's just uh, a devastating from a, a Batman fan perspective and a DC Comics uh, fan perspective. He was the voice of Batman on one of my favorite shows. I mean, not only Batman the Animated Series, but Justice League Unlimited, which I love so much. Um, and then he did Batman for the Arkham games and things like that. So he really uh, did did really uh, uh, put out his version of the Batman that has really stuck around with a lot of people. And um, he was a great ambassador for the character. He seemed to really love Batman. Uh, and and you talked about um, New York city. He tells a story. There's, there was one video that I watched where Kevin Conroy told a story about how he went to go volunteer after nine 11 and he would go, I think he was volunteering at like a soup kitchen or something. And uh, some of the people there heard his voice while he was talking and they wanted him <laughs> to do the Batman voice. So uh, so to cheer some of those people up um, after 9-11, after this tragic thing had happened in America, in New York City. And um, he, he, he did his famous uh, I am Batman speech. So I, I thought that was a great example of how he was such a great torchbearer for the character of Batman. Um, sometimes you might, uh, you know, learn about a celebrity that kind of just did the part because 
it was a it was a job or paid money and they just kind of did it for for the the fame or something but i think he genuinely loved the character of batman so um i was really sorry to hear of his passing um just because he he was batman for a lot of people so i love batman the animated series i love jlu um so we still have those things to watch uh to still hear his voice so uh i just wanted uh to to talk about it i think i think it was worth mentioning here on supergirl radio even though it's kind of hard to talk about but he he actually interacted with melissa benoist's supergirl on crisis on infinite earth yeah um it was not a a pleasant exchange that they had with <laughs> kate kane uh there, there was a lot of uh uh, uh, struggling and fighting between the three characters, but um, it was great that he uh, got to, you know, share the screen with Supergirl, and that always delighted me that, um, but that they got to um, be there together on screen. So, uh, so we have that as well in terms of the Supergirl connection to Kevin Conroy. So, uh, it's a sad news to start off with. So, sorry to be a bummer right off the top of the episode, but uh, that was some news that um, we kind of needed to cover. Um, so if you have any thoughts about Kevin Conroy, people are sharing them in the chat. So feel free to um, to drop those in and remember Kevin Conroy if you would like to do so. All right. Well, I guess uh, now that we have uh, talked about the news, uh, we really should hop in the Legion Cruiser and we got to go back in time. Prepare yourself, <laughs> prepare yourself uh, to go back in time to 2016. Uh, so that we can talk about the season one episode of Bizarro. Ooh, every time. I get every time. You would think it would get easier, but time travel is just still, you just have to, you know, go with it. It, it it's it's tough to adjust to time travel. Like, yeah. <laughs> just just when you think you've gotten it all figured out, it's still a, a real process that you have to go through. It's, it's still physically demanding <laughs> when, when when you go back in time. So we are now back in time to February first, twenty sixteen, which is when uh, this episode airs. So here is the official description of Bizarro. Quote, Kara faces off against her mirror image when Bizarro, played by Hope Lauren, a twisted version of Supergirl, sets out to destroy her. Also, Kara grows closer with Kat's son, Adam, played by Blake Jenner. So, Morgan, I'm very curious to hear your thoughts about this uh, take on Bizarro. Uh, to to know what you thought about how they how the show interpreted it and how um, her mirror image uh, played with Supergirl. So, what are your thoughts on the character of Bizarro? Yeah, I thought she was. Uh, I thought she was really interesting. I really liked the way that she was just this like normal girl who was in a coma, and that the evil Maxwell Lord. Oh, he's was- so bad in this one abducting all these all these women in comas that looked kind of like Kara. that's so creepy max it's so creepy a hobby (laughs) um um, and and that's how she became uh bizarro is that he kind of experimented on her and turned her into sort of supergirl's opposite and i think i like the way that the season was kind of building up to that how did he get her dna our good friend red tornado hang ten my dude uh, <laughs> he, he doesn't have to worry about it he's on a beach somewhere with a shell necklace so <laughs> none of his concern uh, <laughs> um and and 
sort and like how does he know how to create how to make her into a perfect Kara, you know, the perfect antithesis to Kara. Well, he's been testing her out uh, throughout the season and, and seeing, you know, how fast she is, how, you know, how strong she is. So he's kind of learned all about her. Oh, she's got freeze breath. Boom. Fire breath. Do that. She's a dragon. Uh, <laughs> so I really like the, I really like the concept of, of the Zaro. Um, and I like that the way that she was sort of introduced into the, um, into the episode. Honestly, I wish that it had been more of an arc than a one episode thing. Cause I feel like the concept is strong enough to support that. And I also kind of feel like even though the character, the bizarro uh, Supergirl, did have a little bit of an arc, I would have liked to know more about her. Uh, I feel like we kind of <laughs> putting on my, future goggles for a second if you will <laughs> i kind of feel like it was uh it was kind of a little bit of a red daughter situation where like the concept was cool and then we didn't really get to know much about the you know the alternate supergirl and then it's like all right put her in her coma <laughs> <laughs> well uh, there were a lot of connections actually if if i can put my future goggles on uh as well uh they're so they're so uh comfortable these future goggles aren't they um but they, but they, uh, but they um they do a similar thing with Red Daughter in season four with Lex Luthor, where he puts her in a chair and shows her all this footage of Supergirl to try to make her hate Supergirl. So it's almost exactly the same mm -hmm. thing in the way that he they try to uh, brainwash uh, the the evil version of Supergirl in order to fight her. So there's a lot of connections, I think, to the Red Daughter storyline. And I would agree with you that I wish there had been more of bizarro uh because <laughs> the way it's sort of left is like supergirl has this really emotional connection with her in, in the final scene with bizarro and it's so wonderfully done and it's uh you know heart-wrenching and i love the the supergirl aspect of it where she's like i'm gonna hold your hand till you fall asleep and you know i'm i'm, I'm gonna be here with you and then like bizarro never sees her again <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> come we on great, there's we had a great comment in the uh, in the chat about this, where Rachel says Bizarro is still in that desert DEO. Car never went back for her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that they, if if they were going to revisit any of these characters, they should have gone back to Bizarro. Yeah, uh, and so I that's like a little devastating. It was such a it was such a, like a kind of an emotionally charged. Um, storyline and it's like Kara kind of seeing like a dark side of herself and this is the first time but it won't be the last uh, <laughs> and I, I I feel like it really could have supported like a double a double episode arc um because I I just felt like we were introduced to her and then Bizarro was gone too soon I was like no Bizarro I barely knew you come back girl come back <laughs> Right. That uh, that moment at the end of the episode is really touching, but it plays different with your future goggles on when, you know, <laughs> he never talks about her ever again. She's like, We're going to put you in this coma, but it won't be forever. We're going to find a cure for you. And then like she's in a coma and she's like, well, maybe. And then <laughs> it's kind of like the way that Alex was like, Dad, I'll find you. <laughs> I'm coming back <laughs> for you. Listen, the Danvers sisters make a lot of promises they do not, <laughs> they are not going to deliver on. 
<laughs> they're not really going to follow up on those promises. Uh, yeah, that, so that's one of the things I wish they had done with Bizarro would be to follow up on that storyline. And it is an in, it's a different take on Bizarro because in the comics, Bizarro Girl is from Bizarro World. Uh, so I wish the show had gotten a chance to uh, do their own take on Bizarro World. Uh, Superman and Lois uh, did that, and I think pretty successfully. So uh, watch Superman and Lois season two if you want to check out Bizarro World. Uh, so that was a little bit different, but uh, I guess it makes sense here that, you know, Maxwell Lord creates her and uh, she's a little bit different. And that that's why she's different is because Maxwell Lord uh, changes her up a little bit. But um, how do you think Kara, for the most part, dealt with Bizarre Girl? Uh, I mean, I think that she dealt with her pretty well. Uh, she she I think she figures out like right away like oh uh uh-oh she's got all of my powers but in reverse uh (laughs) (laughs) uh, so i mean i think it was also good that she had that team there because i don't know that she would have figured out like oh we need anti-kryptonite like what did what did they ended up taking her out with it was a lot of like okay we gotta we gotta do the you know um sort of sci-fi jargony language and i was like whoa this is too much i am too tired to follow this so normally they would use green kryptonite on kryptonians but for bizarro uh characters their weakness their their green kryptonite is actually blue kryptonite so i think that that is what they used in that second set of things to take bizarro down with some blue kryptonite so uh so bizarros have a little bit different weakness in that so yeah they they had to Ah. they had to uh find a different solution for that uh instead of the green kryptonite and uh it's noteworthy here in this episode that uh we're we're getting back into the james cara sort of romance thing even though she's (laughs) she's going out on a date with another guy yeah Uh, I think that was actually my big criticism of this episode, uh, which is that I remembered enjoying this one more than I enjoyed it this time around, which kind of feels weird because I feel like a lot of the other episodes, I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of vaguely remember this one, but this one's a banger. And this one, I was like, why do I find myself like a little bored watching this? Uh, And I I really feel like it was just because the love uh, triangle, square, whatever shape they've gotten to at this point was just so unnecessary. I want it more bizarro. I want it more like Mm. Kara facing like bizarro Supergirl. Like that's exciting. That's cool stuff. I didn't care that the new love interest uh, and her whether or not they were going to work out like he can't act who cares like move on and i didn't really care about the james stuff it like to have win go like you don't you don't want to get stuck in the friend zone i was like bro he has a serious live-in girlfriend like why are you encouraging him to go after Kara? that's super weird like <laughs> the whole well, storyline really like i don't know it kind of like shook me the wrong way between Kara dating her boss's son always mm-hmm. a bad idea her mm-hmm. boss's son being unable to like act with emotion on his face too sure. and then like the 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 james Kara stuff coming back up it was all just like a little bit much for me 
I was just, I don't, I just didn't, I didn't care for it. And it kind of brought the episode down for me because I didn't want to deal with the romance subplots. I was like, get out of the way. I want the, I want the Supergirl stuff. Well, the problem I think for me was that they used Bizarro to do the James Cara stuff to have that come back up because they, and, and I can understand why they did it in terms of the writing is that they wanted to use Bizarro as a way for James to confess his feelings to Supergirl without actually having to do it to Kara, because that would be weird because he's dating Lucy and they uh, live together and they've gone to Thanksgiving together. It's a real serious relationship. So this is his way to be able to confess his feelings for Supergirl without actually having to do it uh, to Supergirl's face. So uh, so I understand why they did that. Um, and it's interesting that Bizarro had some feeling, like she knew to kidnap James because I guess she had that connection to Kara. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I didn't quite follow that. I was like, okay, so he got some DNA from the arm and that's mm-hmm. how he got her to like, the powers did did right. that also give her like i guess her soul is surgery? In <laughs> <laughs> you're so i guess for kryptonians it's like you gotta you really have to watch out for what where you leave your dna because someone could just like suck out your soul that way <laughs> <laughs> she's like she's like listen i got you a little bit of your dna and now i'm allergic to grass and also in love with james i don't understand <laughs> 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 like I don't think that's I, how DNA works, Supergirl. And Alex, you should know that after like your many <laughs> years of medical school. For sure, yeah, yeah. I think they they played it up more metaphorically uh, because, to your point, she did look like Melissa Benoist in the beginning. Uh, was there surgery? Could have been. I would buy it. I've watched soap operas. They are there all the time. Like Adam Newman looks different now because he's had a facial reconstructive surgery and now he's played by Justin Artley. I buy it. Sure. Why not? Um, so I guess, <laughs> I guess there is, um, you know, something that you have to kind of go with to be like, Oh yeah, this Jane Doe character who has uh, been put in a coma. Uh, yeah, sure. She looks like Melissa bon- Bonoist. I'll, I'll go with that. Uh, and I thought, I thought it was an interesting touch in terms of the way that they, transitioned Bizarro so that they could have two different actresses instead of having two Melissa Benoist the whole time. They have this <laughs> yeah. Hope Lauren actress. Uh, so they use the excuse of her her face being corrupted. Um, so I, I thought that was a, a, a good way to do it in terms of explaining away why she doesn't look like Melissa Benoist anymore. Yeah, I like that. I thought that was pretty cool. And it also probably allowed Melissa Benoist to have like a half an hour of sleep during the filming of the episode. (laughs) Plus, it probably gets pretty tricky when you're having to fight yourself uh, for a lot of scenes. So it's good to have someone else in there. (laughs) Yeah, that's always Um, difficult. Yeah, so uh, Bizarro actually comes into these... uh, romantic situation and situations uh, plural in Kara's life, because not only does she uh, kidnap James and James confesses his feelings for Supergirl to Bizarro. uh, Bizarro also uh, kidnaps Kara while she's on a date with Adam. So uh, really just messing up Kara's love life here. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. So how do you think, um, uh, in talking about the the romance aspect of this episode, so Kat is now having to deal with the fact that her assistant Kara, Kira, 
is uh, going on a date with her son. How do you think uh, Kat handled all of that? Yeah, I thought Kat was kind of weird in this one. <laughs> She's like too nice to Cara at first, which is suspicious. And then uh, and then maybe not so nice. Um, I think a lot of the 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 cat and car stuff like that's on Cara. Like you you should know not to date your boss's son. There's only two roads for that. Either you stay together forever or you break up. And that's not going to go great at work, probably. Mm. Uh, and she knows that they're complicated relationship that they've like just reconnected. So I would have steered clear of that situation, Cora. Uh, wink, wink. Uh, but <laughs> but I I did think it was it was interesting at the end where Kat was kind of like maybe we should be more professional with each other, uh, and it's like. All right. I mean, probably not. It's just probably not going to work out for you. Cara likes to get involved. She likes to get in there <laughs> in your life and mix it up. You know that. That's why you're talking to your son again. Uh, <laughs> I I'd uh, like that. The Adam stuff to me really didn't work in this episode. Like I could kind of buy it in the last episode where he was just like, oh, that girl's cute. Like, I want to ask her out. But in this episode, the like, it seemed like he was hanging, like, oh, I'm going to stick around this city that I don't live in because this girl is, like, asking, because I want to go out with this girl. It's like, does he have, like, a job? That yeah, he, he didn't seem like to? he was in a hurry to, like to a get life home. Yeah. Or, I th- that's suspicious, number one. Yeah, yeah. That's red flags. Where, 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 is he, where is he staying? Is he staying at a hotel? Is he staying with Kat? Is he... Is he super wealthy? He doesn't have to work. Like, what's yeah. what's his deal? Or is just, he just bumming off cat? Like, I don't know what what's happening. Like, he just has nothing going on to the point where he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna stay in this weird city. <laughs> A pretty girl smiled at me. Like that's. <laughs> I don't, Cara. I'm not telling you how to live your life. It's not promising, though. It's not promising. And he seemed like a little bit too upset when she was like, oh, yeah, like, there's a lot going on in my life right now. And you're a great guy, but I can't make it work with you. And he's just like, I thought my baggage was going to mess everything up. <laughs> everything? Is everything one date? And then, like, later on, Kat's like, you broke my son's heart. And I was like, how? <laughs> how? In one day? <laughs> how delicate is Adam? <laughs> they got, they, he got really invested in that relationship very, very quickly. He's like, we talked three times and she smiled at me. Mommy, she's in love with me. <laughs> Like, I just don't understand. Honestly, I think Cara dodged a bullet is all I'm saying. <laughs> well, I I'm, I'm, I was trying to remember why they did this uh, in the story of this show. Because I guess it was one of those things where Cara had to, had to face the ability to date someone while she was Supergirl. I guess that's, that's her having to learn that that's more difficult than it would seem. And she had trouble with it. And what is that going to mean if she, you know, goes on a date with James? We'll never know because that really <laughs> did, didn't happen. We will truly um, never know. Uh, truly never know. <laughs> Put those goggles back on. Put those goggles right back um, on. But uh, but I guess that's the thing is that she has to learn that she has to maybe date someone who knows her secret. Maybe that's a little easier for her to do. So I guess that's the whole point of the Adam thing. Otherwise, there was kind of no point. Yeah, I was I was also thinking about like, well, what was the point of that storyline? It seems useless. And I, I feel like 
behind the scenes outside of the show. It was probably just like he wanted to be on the show with Melissa. So he was yeah. like, get me a guest star. And she's like, okay. Um, but I think in show, like story-wise, it was probably to show how difficult it would be for her to date somebody who doesn't know the secret, who's sort of outside of the circle. I under- I kind of get that. I, like I can kind of see the story reason for it. But I just wish it didn't have to like clutter up this episode. I understand it had to be at some point, but yeah, it didn't feel like a really compelling value add to this one. Uh, and I can kind of see what they were going for, but it didn't. It didn't entirely work for me on this one. Like I, I understand like th- the kind of the lesson she learned is that it's hard dating when you're a superhero. But I don't know that you even needed that lesson. Like I kind of feel like we all got it. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't think it uh, it really played to the strengths of the story and the the character arc here. I th- I think if you took all the Adam stuff out of the storyline for Kara, I don't think it adds much to her journey in season one. Um, so I but I I do think it gave some nice shading to Kara and Kat's relationship because I really enjoyed at the beginning when Kat was being really nice to her. Like Kat was like. No, it's fine you didn't get my coffee this morning. Actually, I also got you some coffee. I <laughs> got my own coffee. Um, I liked that that sort of different uh, take on their relationship because Kat was trying to be nice to her because of the Adam situation. So I, I did think that, that was probably worth it to have a little bit different um, take on the Kat-Akira dynamic. But otherwise, I don't know that it was uh, all that worth it. So I see a, a good question in the chat from cm gutierrez who who says in season six it was implied that Kara doesn't shed dna like normal people loose hair etc and can only be collected when Kara blows her powers did Kara touch the arm after she blew her powers this this comment is a a very uh astute one um, but I would probably err on the side of the fact that in season six i don't think they had rewatched season one. No, I I don't have any faith that they were like, oh yeah, back in season one, this is why. I I don't think that. I no. I, I think that's giving them a little too much uh, credit. I I think they just kind of made an excuse for why they had to go time travel back in the past. Um, because Miss Fiction fanatic. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, you were. I think we we're gonna pull it up. <laughs> yeah, as well, we were both but, on top of it. Uh, but Miss Fiction fanatic says, uh, considering how easy it is to get uh, Cars DNA, Brainy and Nia didn't really need to go back in time to get her blood. It's real complicated now. Uh, if you <laughs> if you were to put the future goggles on and go into season six, um, because it uh, it causes problems for the storyline. So they had to they had to figure out a reason why they had to go back in time. Uh, when the DNA thing was kind of not an issue. And also they could have just gone back in time before uh, Lex Luthor uses the phantom projector. So they really didn't even need the DNA at all, but they needed a storyline for season six. So they had to figure out a reason to do it. But uh, I, I, I don't think that I'm not going to assume that the writers had gone back to season one and, use that excuse in their season six storytelling no i think they were like you know what's fun time travel (laughs) yeah somebody in the room was like but why would they have to time travel and they're like 
<laughs> just fully like like finger on lips like don't don't question it just uh just go, just with, go it. with it yeah. uh and that's kind of how i went with a lot of season six like <laughs> just kind of like let the tide take me out to sea like i'm not gonna fight it there's no there's no point uh <laughs> yeah i i think those are really great questions i don't i agree with you i do not think that they had watched any part of season one except maybe the pilot um for anything that they did in season six so they had no memories of this not at all i, I like the idea that maybe they did i i would love for that to be the case uh but i don't know that i have a whole lot of faith in that personally uh but yeah so there is uh some connection points there if you if you wanted to make them from season six to season one um I guess the the last thing I want to ask you about this Bizarro episode is the cliffhanger. Because season one, now that we're going back through it, I'm realizing season one had a lot of great cliffhangers at the end of the episodes where it was like, oh, I can't wait oh. to see how that that flows into the next episode. What happens next week? Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so uh, this one ends on kind of a a horror movie uh, type uh, scene. So I was curious, Morgan, what, what were your thoughts about that? As, as Supergirl flies home and she uh, encounters uh, an alien, um, an alien uh, species. I, I don't really know what to call the black mercy, uh, but uh, some sort of alien uh, substance in her home. What did you think about all that? When I was catching up on the episode, uh, Mike had just come back in with some, some takeout and he looked over at the screen when, during that scene. He said, what's wrong with her lettuce? Uh, <laughs> and I was like, well, well said. What is wrong with her lettuce? Can we need uh, to put that on a t-shirt? <laughs> what's wrong with the lettuce? Uh, no, it made me laugh really hard because it does kind of look it like lettuce. Look in that like scene. That, yeah. It's like, I don't think I left that out on the <laughs> coffee table as she walks over to it. Weird. It's weird. The lettuce is kind of gross. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I really, I thought, I, I noticed that too in this episode where I thought the episode was over and then they had that stinger at the end and I went, oh, cliffhangers. I remember these. I thought that they did a really good job in season one of having those cliffhangers to kind of pull you to the next episode where it's like, okay, well, I got to know what that weird thing on her table was that attacked her. (laughs) Oh my God, she could be in trouble. And in the last episode, it set up Bizarro by being like, there's a second Supergirl. So I like that they have like put in these reasons for people to tune in next week. I feel like, I, I, I don't know, like, it's it's almost feels a little nostalgic to me as I watch like all these streaming shows that are like eh, binge it or don't you, you you're gonna watch <laughs> the next care. episode don't you even I'm not gonna worry about it you, you watch <laughs> it you'll watch it uh, so like I feel like it's been a long time since I watched something with like a a legit cliffhanger where you're like oh my god next one next one next one yeah. so like it's nice to see that style of storytelling where they throw something at the end to make you like interested and like okay well now i can't wait until next week and it's smart in a first season show too because you're building your audience and you want them to come back and you're got to give them a reason to come back uh with that said like if there's a weird thing in your house and you're a superhero don't touch it don't go maybe near it. don't touch it 
I, she like she walks directly to it, like touches it, and goes like, "Ew!" Like, <laughs> girl, girl, have you learned? nothing don't touch it uh i was like it was like horror movie screaming don't what are you doing don't, don't run down that hallway what are you doing don't go back in the house <laughs> exactly yeah she did she did touch it and it was gross um so that was a problem uh but uh she did find out that there was something foreign in her her apartment that she did not know about but i i thought that was a good cliffhanger i'm i'm a little more judgy on cliffhangers these days because uh talking about streaming uh just because i want to mention the crown because the crown is my, <laughs> my current tv obsession but uh season five um, i won't spoil it for anybody but season five sort of ends on a meh. like it has a shot at the oh. end of it where i was like Really? That's how you're going to end season five? That was, that, was, that was a little weak, I thought. So um, so I'm always impressed when there is a a, a good cliffhanger that really kind of leaves you like on a draw-dropping kind of moment. Uh, some of my favorite cliffhangers, like the end of season four of Lost, that was a really good one. Don't want to spoil mm-hmm. that for people, but it was kind of like... I'm sorry, what just happened? Um, so cliffhangers are really, I think, very important in terms of getting you to that next episode. So I, I'm glad to see them here. Like there was uh, the cliffhanger back before Human for a Day uh, at the end of Red Face where she's like, I'm bleeding. Like they, they, oh, they, yeah. had, some, they had some pretty good cliffhangers in se- season one. And I, I kind of don't remember that in later seasons as much. No, I'm sure that they did it like occasionally but i think that they did it way more often in season one and it kind of like really shows in terms of like them trying to really hook people in there with the with episodes and bring them back yeah i think season one season two probably there's a there's a cliffhanger where uh mcshess pitalik shows up in Kara's apartment so uh so those are some pretty good cliffhangers so the show i think early on was pretty good about that um, is there anything that we didn't talk about this bizarre episode that you wanted to discuss? No, actually, I like them. Uh, I I was surprised with this one. I think my overall feelings about this one was I came in going like, "Yeah, bizarre Supergirl," and I left kind of going, "Eh." Yeah. Uh, I feel like a lot of the other episodes, I, I don't. I thought this was going to be like a controversial opinion coming in because I was like, "Oh, it's Bizarro," but I was just like, "I don't know why did." the bizarro episode like focused so much on her on her like dating life i don't care um and, but i feel like a lot of the other episodes also kind of moved subplots forward for other characters or did some like deep character work and you know this one didn't really i mean i don't feel like i got like new sides of anybody i mean we got a little bit of maxwell lord uh, being really nefarious, but we'd seen him do that before. So, like, and I mean, I guess we did leave him uh, in the DEO, which is fun. That's, you know, that could be an interesting place for him to be uh, in future episodes. But, yeah, I don't feel like it, you know, it it did as much with the Bizarro uh, as it could have. Um, yeah, I was just, I, I ended up feeling kind of, it wasn't a bad episode. I enjoyed it. I felt a little meh about it. Yeah, as a whole, as as an entire episode, there are some things that I think maybe I would have taken out and replaced with more Bizarro stuff. But I think the Supergirl Bizarro scenes are some of my favorites of the entire show. I mean, the the fight where you get to see the fire breath 
Uh, That's is, so cool. It's pretty cool. It's a special effect and a really good fight between Bizarro uh, and Supergirl. I really like that. And the, and the ending scene, even though Supergirl never sees her again, I, I really like that scene at the end where they, um, they have a very meaningful uh, conversation where uh, Supergirl tells her, you know, I was, a, I was asleep for a long time too. Uh, I yeah, really, that, that line really got me. Yeah, I really like that because the essence of the Bizarro Girl comic that Sterling Gates wrote is that Supergirl and Bizarro Girl find out that they're more alike than they are different. And Supergirl is trying to help Bizarro Girl get back to her home in Bizarro World. And so uh, that that feeling from that comic, I think, was captured a little bit in the episode where Supergirl shows compassion to Bizarro uh, on the show Bizarro and Bizarro Girl in the comic that she shows compassion to her because she sees herself in her. And I, I think that that is, the, I think they got the essence of the comic right in the show. I just wish there had been more of it um, because uh, Supergirl, I think at one point she says, um, she doesn't just look like me. She does not just look like me. She is me. Um, so I thought that there was a good play on the fact that she shared a lot in common with Bizarro Girl. Um, I, the unfortunate thing, I think, is that that mirror image was played more so for the James confession than the Supergirl aspect of it. I mm -hmm. think I would I would have wanted to have more of a connection with Kara and Bizarro, not necessarily Bizarro and James. I understand why they did it. I just don't prefer it that way. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think it does bring the episode down a little bit. But uh, but I really like that last scene between Supergirl and Bizarro. And I think that's it's probably a standout for me in, in all of the series. It's It's a scene that I will typically go back to because I think it's a really sweet scene. Yeah, I really like that one. I think that was like the standout scene for me in the whole episode and that that one line uh, that that she said, like, I had to go to sleep for a little while, too. Like, that really hit me because it really feels like it told Supergirl's story and connected it to Bizarro's story. So there are definitely some parts of this episode I really, really liked. And I also thought all the, I, I didn't mention this before, but, like, all the special effects in this one, they blew the budget for this one. Except <laughs> they, back then they had that CBS money. But uh, I, I really liked the, uh, that was a, the, the heat breath and the ice vision. Yes. Twist. Yes. What are you doing, girl? And that, <laughs> I, I love and, that. And the scene where Supergirl has to save those people in the tram is pretty good too, where they oh yeah they encounter each other for the first time, and uh, it's a great example of Bizarro having to face the actual Supergirl, not the Supergirl she's been brainwashed to hate, but see the Supergirl who saves the people um, and does something selfless to rescue them. I think that's a good way for Bizarro to be introduced to that. She's seeing who Supergirl really is and not the, the Supergirl that uh, Maxwell Lord is training her to hate. Um, so there's a, a lot of good special effects uh, in, in this episode. So um, it, and it's, it's different. I think um, for a lot, I'm trying to think of other takes on Bizarro. Bizarro of course is in Superman, the animated series. I don't, I can't remember if there was a Bizarro, technically a Bizarro on Lois and Clark. There was a Bizarro on Smallville. Um, so Bizarro on Smallville was kind of a jerk. Like he wasn't, uh, I don't know that I felt sorry for that version of Bizarro. <laughs> he, no. he basically stole Clark's life and like slept with Lana and did all this stuff. And it was, it was kind of <laughs> like, sorry, you're, you're, you're a real weirdo. 
Uh, so I didn't feel <laughs> sorry for the, that version of Bizarre. No, I was like, guy, come on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember the one on Lois and Clark. Um, but I, it's I'm trying to think if there long. even was one. I feel like Lois and Clark really liked the comic booky stuff. So I would be surprised if they didn't do a Bizarro. Because I also feel like that was like back in the 90s when like the Bizarro thing because of Seinfeld was like a thing that people like had entered the lexicon. Because on Seinfeld, I I don't know if you watched uh, any of it, but there was a a period where there was like the bizarro Jerry. He meets his like bizarro yeah. self. Oh, oh yeah. And I know then about all the, the, the bizarro yeah. Jerry's. Yeah. And then they all, they all meet their bizarro versions of themselves. Like the whole, the whole group. And they like st- all stand and like stare at each other. Uh, so I feel like the bizarro thing was kind of like in like floating around at that period. But I don't know. I could be wrong. So the, apparently, um, cause I, I had, I just wanted to bring up Seinfeld. This. <laughs> well, that is good because at some point the real versions of the characters interact with the bar- bizarre versions, like they come yes. face to face. It's, it's so yeah, good. That's good. Yeah, it is good. <laughs> um, so apparently there was a Bizarro on Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman, a childlike clone akin to Bizarro. So not technically Bizarro, mm. but uh, it was an episode called uh, Vatman. Uh, this version was created and raised by Lex Luthor to challenge Superman. However, Lois and Clark help the uh, clone realize his true nature. I'll have to go back and rewatch that. It's been a while since I've seen that. So I guess there was a a version of Bizarro on Lois and Clark, but not technically called Bizarro. So I I thought this this was a really, um, it was a strong adaptation of Bizarro in terms of the reverse powers and the way that Bizarro connected to Supergirl. There is no Bizarro world, which is disappointing for me personally. I would I would have yeah. wanted a Bizarro <laughs> world uh, so that we could because we talked about that all the time in, in our, you know, future future goggle selves. Um, we talked about how we always wanted the show to go off world and do something different and see different places. And that would have been fun to go to Bizarro world. But it, that never uh, happened. But I think in terms of the characterization of the the bizarro and how she interacted with supergirl i thought was a strong uh adaptation of a bizarro character on the show uh i guess just to hop into the um chat to pull up some uh comments as we go uh, i thought this was a good uh comment from cm gutier 74 <laughs> uh saying car would never have anything leafy green lettuce or kale in her apartment so uh, it, that should have been a red flag for Kara when she encountered the Black <laughs> Mercy. And I also thought this comment from Aaron was a good one about cliffhangers. Uh, Aaron says, I'm mixed. I was more annoyed when shows would do cliffhangers because I want them to focus on good story above obliging the audience to come back. You can do both, but I like the former more. Yeah, I think especially for the uh, broadcast television uh, shows, you, you, you have to kind of you kind of have to do a cliffhanger to get people to come back with streaming as Morgan mentioned previously, you don't really, I mean, people are going to watch the episodes regardless. Um, but for network television, uh, you kind of have to do a cliffhanger to get them to come back. Uh, so yeah, I like Bizarro. It's a, uh, on the, uh, one of the, the top episodes for me in season one, but I think it's also just cause I have a soft spot for, bizarro girl the sterling gates run so if you've never read the the sterling gates run and the bizarro girl story i highly recommend it if you would like to uh, read some supergirl comics because that's one of the greats 
Well, uh, Morgan, if there's nothing else you want to talk about regarding the episode, I guess we could hop back into, you know, all right, get, get back right. into the Legion Cruiser. <laughs> if we can go uh, back to 2022. <laughs> All right, so now we are back in the future, and I suppose we should take some feedback about an episode from the past. Sure. So Daryl wrote in with some thoughts about Bizarro, writing, There's got to be something unethical about Kat changing her behavior towards Kara because of (laughs) Kara's relationship with Adam. Also, it's an awful power move to constantly get an employee's name wrong. What would be the point? Is (laughs) Kat secretly somehow that insecure? Uh, The point is belittlement. And yes, Uh, (laughs) uh, Kelly's in the episode. Uh, What? Yes, that was something that we probably should have mentioned. Kelly (laughs) watched. Kelly uh, was in Kat's office talking, uh, you know, pitching headlines for uh, what they were going to do about writing about Bizarro. So Kelly's pitch was Supergirl gone rogue question mark so that was her that was her contribution to the uh bizarro story so she i I don't think cat cat did not go with her her pitch but uh, kelly kelly's in there trying to contribute uh you know contribute something to cat co's coverage of (laughs) bizarro wow kelly's mixing it up good job (laughs) way to take the initiative um so uh, he says, Kelly's in the episode. Is this a love Pentagon now? Uh, James and Lucy are together, but obviously the show is building to James and Kara. Wynn likes Kara, and she's going on a date with Adam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in spite of Supergirl's best intentions at the end, we'll never see Bizarro again. And she's barely mentioned in the rest of the show. I skipped both Kara and Adam date scenes. I feel better for it. <laughs> I, oh, and I feel I am better for it. Yeah. I think that was probably the right call so i don't think you're missing much uh uh daryl mentions about cat um you know cat's relationship with car and things like that i know that you have a theory that cat wasn't really thrown off by the whole by the whole jean thing I, uh, it's, it's my theory based on the fact that i don't want cat to have been tricked so i want to believe that cat was smarter than all of them yes but there were definitely a couple of times in this episode where i thought I think she still knows like oh yeah there were a couple times when like Kara had to like run off and she was just like yeah you're fine uh like she was feeling more positively towards mm. Kara but I also kind of felt like it might be like you know what she does this because she's a superhero <laughs> like uh, like yeah, she didn't seem thrown off that like Kara was like just disappearing or anything like that and then she also seemed like she kind of understood like when when uh, Adam called her, like, because Kara had disappeared again. I think she thought that, like, Kara was going to, like, make it work. You know, try to juggle it, juggle, like, have it all. Have it all. She's like, Kara, I've learned that you can have it all. And I thought that you would learn that, too. And Kara's <laughs> like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, there were, I don't know if I was probably, I was probably reading too much into it. But I, there were a couple of, of scenes where I thought, ah, I feel like maybe she does still know. Yeah, I wonder what Kat would have thought about that excuse about, oh, my grandmother's in the hospital. Uh, I have to go check on her. Uh, So did did Kat follow up on that? Did did she see if Kara's grandmother actually was in the hospital? Uh, I would have been curious to know if Kat had done some digging into that excuse. Uh, But I I would like to think that she still knows. uh, Because we, we know at the end of season two that Kat knows. Uh, that's true. E- even though Kara doesn't realize it at that point, so at some point, I think she still 
figures it out. So I, I like that. Uh, I like that you're still watching that. So I appreciate that, that you're <laughs> contributing to my theory and uh, giving me more evidence for it. So thank you for that. All right. So uh, shall we uh, get into some snap judgments? In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. Okay, let's get to it. So our first snap judgment is, is Bizarro the villain or the victim? I just want to remind everybody who's watching live, you can participate with us. So uh, let us know your snap judgment choices in the chat. Um, I think she's the victim. I mean, Maxwell Lord, he he probably saved her life to a degree, but then she ended up back in a coma anyway. Uh, so I, I don't know that he really <laughs> saved her much, uh, but I think she's the victim in this scenario. Yeah, I'm going to go victim on this one, too. I She was in a coma, minding her own business, and he turned her into a bizarro Supergirl and uh, trained her to hate Supergirl. Um, yeah, I think that she was, you know, she was sort of the victim in this. I don't think that she was much of a villain at all. I think once she kind of put it together that Supergirl wasn't that bad of a person, she was like, huh, all right. Uh, yeah, poor, poor Bizarro. Um, okay. Which is the better headline? Supergirl gone rogue? Supergirl, super menace? Or Supergirl? <laughs> so we are cat grant we're putting our, ourselves in the shoes of cat grant and deciding which one we um are going to go with um i i i'm, I'm gonna disagree with cat about the supergirl question mark which is the one that she goes with uh, that to me that's really weak that doesn't tell you anything um I think uh, I'm going to go Supergirl gone rogue here. I think, oh, that I, think, I think that tells you what has happened. I think that uh, it teases it enough for you to, th you go into the story. Like why is Supergirl gone rogue? What's going, what's going on with her? I think super menace is too like Spider-Man-y. And um, I, I don't know that she's being a menace per se, uh, but I, I think I like Supergirl gone rogue. I think it tells you what, what you need to know. And uh, I think it at least uh, makes me want to read the article. Yeah, I'm going to go with Super Supergirl Gone Rogue, question <laughs> mark. Uh, because I first off, Kelly pitched it. And yeah. She's my girl. Uh, respect Kelly forever. A real uh, hard worker at Catco. Just really trying to climb that ladder, right? <laughs> I, oh, I don't, don't say team. climb. She fell out of a building. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Kelly. Never forget. Too soon. Still too, too soon. soon. Um, but I also like that it says gone rogue question mark. So has she? We it, don't know. You got to read to find out. You got to find out. Yeah. That, that right there. That's a headline that catches. <laughs> Kelly is a really dedicated cat co-employee. I appreciate her hard she, she work. She really was. <laughs> um, okay. A latte or spiced pumpkin with extra foam and a little cinnamon sprinkled on top. I, I like that that is Kara's go-to coffee choice. I'm going to go with Spice Pumpkin with extra foam and a little cinnamon sprinkled on top. Uh, listen, I love a good a good PSL, a pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> uh, and so 
you know, it's it's still the fall season. Mm. I can't say no to a PSL. I can't say no to some sort of spiced pumpkin drink. In fact, I can't say no at this point contractually to anything pumpkin at all. Like, <laughs> you got some pumpkin pa- pancakes? Give them to me. It's fall. <laughs> it's fall, y'all. Do you, <laughs> do you have a pumpkin drink? Sweater weather. Hand it over. <laughs> I cannot say no. So honestly, I respect Cara's choice there. <laughs> yeah, a latte is just kind of boring when you compare yeah, it's it to so that. Yeah, plain. Yeah, it's so plain. It's where's the character? Where's the cinnamon sprinkles on top? <laughs> All right, this one is tough. Fire breath or freeze breath? Fire breath. Yeah. How do you turn down fire breath? You could be a dragon. (laughs) I can't say no to that. Who can say no to that? It is. There could be some downsides to it, though. Like, what if you accidentally yawned or something and you set a house on fire? Like, what? You'd have to really control it. I mean, you could do the same thing with freeze breath. True. You're just just freezing things. True. True. So I'd rather make a toasty, a toasty fire, (laughs) (laughs) grow some marshmallows. Uh, So this is sort of the, uh, the other side, the bizarre, the the bizarre, yes, if you will, heat vision or freeze vision. I feel like a pyromaniac, but I'm going fire again. I'm going heat vision. I think heat vision is the coolest. And I think freeze vision is weird. That's weird to me. Uh, so I'm going to go heat vision. Yeah, I also feel like maybe we're discovering something about ourselves. I feel like this question has kind of unlocked something. Inside. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't be allowed, allowed around matches now. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know why, but freeze freeze vision seems weird. I don't No thanks. It's just no, not right. I'm going to burn something with my, with my eyes. That's more normal. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, fun fact for uh, people uh, about the comics, heat vision did not come until much later. Uh, X-ray vision was used for a long time as like the precursor to heat vision. And then heat vision kind of became a thing. But uh, X-ray vision was the go-to for that. So uh, uh, the vision powers had an evolving process over the course of the comics. Interesting. Okay. Uh, And then we have one uh, snap judgment from the chat. Snap from CM Gutierrez. Oh, is gosh. Who oh, do you no. choose? And you have to choose one of them because I truly thought none. But <laughs> who do you choose? Adam from season one, Monel from season two, or William from season five? You have to choose one. <laughs> this is really We're just just spoiled with choices here right? oh this is spoiled with them <laughs> well adam is definitely gone adam's not Adam's even, gone yeah adam's not even in the conversation when 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 bizarro captures Kara and he yells Kara, i was like shut it down shut yeah. it down and go home <laughs> i can't do it um mono with the beard is great we, we all love Monel with the beard, but Monel did not seem to really care about seeing Kara again at the end of season six. It was like, bye. Never again in this life. Never again in this lifetime. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I, I guess the, the upside to William is that you'd always have baked goods. You'd have a but, great muffin or like a, like a cinnamon roll. Maybe. I mean, he would probably, he would probably come with food. 
So I think that I think that is the upside to William. And William seemed to to really like Kara. So he yeah. seemed like a good guy. He was real trustworthy. He, he was a truth teller. Uh, so I, I guess I'm gonna have to pick William on this one. Yeah, this one's a tough one because I want to. My heart tells me none. Um, <laughs> But that's not an option. Um, and you have to I'm, pick one. And then I'm like, well, I mean, she at least had some decent chemistry with Monel. Mm-hmm. But then I remember like that time that he was married and kind of like creeping on her. Yeah, like, that was well, weird. I didn't love that. And no. then I remember when he was like, well, catch you never. <laughs> Uh, And then that didn't seem great. So I'm also going with William because, listen, William is always going to make you bait goods. So (laughs) that seems great. Um, He likes journalism just like her. Yeah. Super into that. Uh, And he's a great babysitter. I think that's also... That's a little questionable. All right. You're right. He is a medium babysitter. He did die at the end of that babysitting game. He did get <laughs> murdered when he babysat. Listen, babysitting is a dangerous occupation. <laughs> Everyone knows that. And just, sure, you get murdered one time while babysitting. <laughs> and it's all, don't leave the kids with him. They get kidnapped. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> he had tried, okay? He 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 was he did the best he could with what he was given. <laughs> also, is this question who who do we choose or do we who, who do we choose for oh, Kara? Oh god. I I thought it was I, who we chose for Kara. Oh, I was I was I was, I was playing them. as who I would choose. Like if if I had oh, to choose yeah. like a personally. I mean, I stand by my answer. <laughs> yeah, no, no, for me for me William, but maybe for Kara oh, yeah. it would be a different choice. Would it be a different choice for you for Kara? No, I'm still going William. <laughs> She loves to eat. He loves to bake. I don't see. I don't see where that goes wrong. Because <laughs> for Kara, I'm. I might pick Monel. That's going to be hot take uh, coming <laughs> for me. But I always think about the end of season two and how much she loved Monel. Um. So if we're if we're going, who do we choose for Kara? I would say Monel season mm-hmm. two because it does in the snap say season two. That's true. That's true. So, it does say season two. Throw out season three. And, and but season six. <laughs> but the beard doesn't come in until beard. season three. <laughs> Gotta throw out the beard. Uh, so I'd probably pick Monel season two for Kara, but William season five for me. So I guess I, I just mm. wanted to make that distinction. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go double William. I'm go I'm doubling down. <laughs> doubling down on William. William. I think listen, was he boring? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Did he bring a lot to the story? No. no. Did he love baking? Yes. <laughs> I mean, both Carr and I could always watch Bake Off with him. Yes. That seems great. I bet he likes a lot of other kinds of cooking shows. I bet he'd watch Top Chef with him. <laughs> <laughs> I bet maybe if like Carr was like, could you learn how to make a dumpling? He would do that. He I think would. he would do that. I think sure. he would. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like for all your food-based needs, William's really the guy to go to. <laughs> No judgments on your snap judgments. All right. Well, uh, we did uh, previously do a DC TV podcast, uh, po- a, po- a DC TV podcast 
plugs contest. Lots of P's in that. I was trying to distinguish <laughs> between them. But we did a plugs contest, and uh, Morgan and I have discussed it, and we've actually picked two winners uh, because we uh, liked both of them uh, so much. So uh, we ended up picking the submissions uh, from Brian and Joe for our winners for the DCTV podcast uh, plugs contest. And I just wanted to throw it out there that I, I thought it was fitting that Brian and Joe submitted uh, the winning submissions because there is a Brian and a Joe on the Supergirl TV series, the aliens uh, oh. <laughs> from the, uh, the uh, second season, I believe Brian shows up in the second season and Joe also appears in the uh, second season. So I thought it was pretty fitting that these uh, two were named Brian and Joe uh, after the two aliens from the Supergirl TV series. <laughs> I wanted to connect those dots if you were already thinking it, which I'm sure most people uh, definitely were. Uh, so uh, we'll be playing these uh, submissions in our Supergirl radio episodes, and we'll also be sending uh, Brian and Joe some prizes in the mail. So we'll get your information and send you some cool stuff. And um, uh, so for this episode, I wanted to debut Brian's uh, submission. So uh, we're going to get to some Supergirl radio plugs, and then we will get to uh, the debut of Brian's plugs uh, So uh, for the podcast. So uh, enjoy the new uh, podcast plugs for DCTV podcast. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired. DC TV Podcast also has a Tee Public store, so if you're in need of new DC TV related t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, onesies, mugs, notebooks, pillows, or stickers, go to supergirlradio.com and click on the Tee Public store link at the top of the page. Hello, and thank you for calling the DC TV Podcast Hotline. Please listen carefully as some of our menu options have changed. Supergirl Radio? Press 1. The Flash Podcast? Press 2. Legends of Tomorrow Podcast? Press 3. The Lithuation Room? Press 4. DC on HBO Max Podcast? Press 5. Stargirl Podcast? Press 6. Superman and Lois Radio? Press 7. Green Lantern Podcast? Press 8. The Sandman Podcast? Press 9. Justice League Dark Podcast? Press 10. DC After Dark? Press 11. For all other inquiries, please stay on the line and the next available agent will be with you shortly. I like that uh, Brian's submission mentioned that uh, some of our menu options have changed. That's a, that's a good meta uh, way to talk about how some of the shows on the podcast network have shifted and changed. And uh, so I, I thought that was pretty clever. That that was the part of that submission that really got me <laughs> laughing. <laughs> and it's so it's so um so typical of like listening to one of those phone trees that some of their numbers have always changed. <laughs> <laughs> 
So thank you for sending that in, Brian. We will use it uh, interchangeably uh, throughout the Supergirl Radio episode. So we appreciate your contribution, and we will send you some stuff in the mail. And since we talked about Bizarro this week, we have some Bizarro designs in the DC TV podcast T Public Store that we would like to suggest. Yeah, so if you want to wear uh, some hoodies or T-shirts or have a mug that has a backwards S uh, that Bizarro would have, which Bizarro on the Supergirl TV series did have a backwards S. Uh, when she was full-blown Bizarro. I don't know how that exactly changed, but you're just supposed to go with it because it is Bizarro. So I appreciate that little <laughs> attention to detail that the show did. So if you want some Bizarro merch, we have some in the DCTV podcast T Public Store. I need to get some Bizarro stuff myself uh, because I don't have any Bizarro stuff. So I'll have to do that myself. All right. Well, we would also like to thank our Legion of Super Sponsors for supporting the Supergirl Radio Patreon. These people are Michael, Sam, Anne-Marie, Yvonne, Nicola, Leslie, Abby, Ermgard, Miriam, Nicole, Faith, Brian, Ethan, Danny, and Tara or Tara, uh, hopefully uh, pronounced one of those uh, correctly. It's kind of the old Cara Cara uh, situation. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we got that name. Let us know if it is Tara or Tara. We want to pronounce it uh, correctly. But uh, thank you to everybody who uh, supported the Supergirl Radio Patreon. If you'd like to do that, you can go to patreon.com slash Radio and choose from uh, one of our monthly uh, options there. So thanks to everybody who supports the uh, Patreon. Well, you can find me on a couple of different places. Uh, the first you could probably uh, find me on is Vero at Derby Kid, which is a uh, Vero is a social media platform that I enjoy. I share what I'm listening to, what I'm watching. Uh, if you follow me on Vero uh, and interact with me there, you would know that I've been uh, in a Hitchcock mood uh, in the last week. So I've been watching uh, The Lady Vanishes and Foreign Correspondent, which I had never seen before. I've seen a lot of the later Hitchcock, but some of the uh, the 1930s, 40s I have not seen. So I'm trying to catch up on those and uh, quite good. Uh, the Lady Vanishes, uh, you know, it's one of those movies where in the uh, classic film genre where the 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 lead actor and the lead actress the the two main characters would like meet in a day and then they would fall in love and get married by the end of the uh the film so it's pretty typical but i uh, really have been enjoying diving back into alfred hitchcock cuz he's one of my favorite uh directors uh he also made a film that uh shares the the my name uh he he made a film uh, adaptation of rebecca uh so uh, i always <laughs> enjoy that that's a uh, it won best picture in 1940 so uh, a best picture winner shares my name. So uh, he didn't get best director, but he got best picture uh, that year. So I always have a connection, a personal connection with Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at the Der Derby kid, where I share some pictures and make some Instagram reels uh, on the occasion uh, that uh, I feel like I uh, want to post something. Uh, you can also follow me and subscribe to my personal YouTube channel, youtube.com slash duck milk prod, where uh, I talk about, uh, film analysis. So I've been going through the Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice reviews written by the top critics of Rotten Tomatoes. And I'll be getting back to that uh, soon because I've had to take a break because of some things that I have had to go to and do. Uh, so there is that. And also, uh, if you subscribe to Bill Meeks, our, our friend Bill Meeks, uh, he has a new podcast called Where I'm From. If you subscribe to that podcast, you will uh, see an episode with me talking about
talking about uh, where I'm from in Birmingham, Alabama. So we had a good conversation, a long conversation. So uh, Bill's actually turning that into two parts. So there's a Whoa. part one and a part two. Uh, I guess we had too much fun uh, catching up. So if you want to subscribe to where I'm from, you can check that out. There's also a video version on the Where I'm From YouTube channel. So you can check that out. But uh, definitely check out Bill's podcast. It's a pretty great. And he's a good podcaster and a friend of Supergirl Radio. And he also requested that he make more appearances on Supergirl Radio. So, Ooh, well, we would uh, love to have him anytime. <laughs> so uh, maybe we'll try to have him maybe back for a, a Christmas episode uh, that we do Um maybe in the coming weeks. So maybe we'll see if we can get him back on the podcast. So uh, definitely check it out. And uh, not just because I'm on it, but, uh, <laughs> but because Bill uh, does a great job with podcasting. So definitely check that out. And you can learn more about Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. I have a lot of things to talk about uh, <laughs> with, with Birmingham. So definitely, uh, definitely give it a listen. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. You can also find me as a co-host on uh, Legends of Tomorrow podcast and DCTV After Dark. Uh, we are, I, I think we talked about this last time, Rebecca, but we are uh, recording this week our, our episode on on Taylor Swift and Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh, yeah. We both released new albums. Beaker is so excited because oh. he knows that today was uh was the the taylor swift presale and oh. he knows that we were waitlisted and didn't get to get tickets, oh did no we? and so he knows that, so uh, it was he he's bummed. so bummed he's a he's a big swifty that's a thing that not a lot of people <laughs> know about beaker he doesn't want to talk about it he, it's still it's still too raw for him yeah. No, uh, <laughs> but we will be talking about those two uh new albums so that should be uh released sometime this week so Awesome. If you're a Swifty too, and you're upset also because you got waitlisted and you're not going to get to see Taylor, you're never going to get to see Taylor. Um, you too, can, <laughs> you can just listen to the podcast, and it's it will be not at all like going to a concert, uh, but it'll be fun anyway. So we think that you should check it out. So I shouldn't mention that I've actually seen Taylor Swift in concert. I, I shouldn't rub That's that. That's cool. Is what I I bet it was was it fun? I bet it was yeah, fun. it was it was pretty fun. Uh, it was the <laughs> reputation. It was a reputation tour. Her reputation Ooh. album is like one of my all time favorites. It's, it's a, it's great a great album. album. Um, but I was really kind of surprised by parts of the concert because I was like, "There's a lot of snakes involved." Huh. Twist with the uh, with the decorations and like she she went on this thing where she could like go across the crowd and it was like this big snake huh. and I was like. What's with the snakes, Taylor Swift? Snakes. What's snakes? Because 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 when I go, you know, my conspiracy theory brain is like snakes are generally seen as a symbolism for Satan and the devil and temptation. And mm -hmm. I I don't know if she thought about it that far, but I was just like, what's what's going on here? There's 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 a, a, a I mean, to, here of these to snakes. be fair though, have you have you looked at a like a little snake's face? Because they're pretty cute actually. If you zoom on in. I mean, <laughs> I guess she could see little beady eyes. Maybe, maybe she just looked into the eyes of a snake and was like, "This is a beautiful animal, majestic." Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would like to believe that. I feel like it might have been uh, more like a Britney Spears when she comes out with the big, the also giant snakes. snake, like I'm a slave also for you a kind of thing. So much snakes, so many snakes. I just, you, you know, I gotta be honest. A lot of questions. I, I went through like a period where I went to see a lot of live music. 
no snakes. And now huh. I feel like I maybe I uh, didn't get the full experience with there being no animals anywhere in my, you know, in my concert going experiences. Maybe she'll bring the snakes back out. Snakes are snakes are in. Snakes are in. Snakes are <laughs> snakes are it, baby. <laughs> so, if anybody has any thoughts on why Taylor Swift used a lot of snakes in her uh, reputation tour, I, I'd be I'd be I'd be open to explanations. I just I had a lot of questions. I feel like people really read into everything with mm. Taylor Swift. I saw one thing that they were like, the next album she's going to re-record is this one because this because this number in this color showed up briefly in the background of a video, and I was like. Like, I love the energy here. <laughs> I just love people who like, like care a lot about things that don't matter. Just, I feel like I'm always tired by like the world being on fire. Like, yeah, let's deep dive yeah. into what Taylor <laughs> may or may not be trying to tell us. That's that's what I want, where I want to focus my energy. I don't have it for reality. Like, let's go in. What is she trying to say? I think a uh, cat's going to do a little bit of that. I think she's going to bring up surface some Taylor Swift like conspiracy theories, like between the lines of the lyric. And I, I'm very excited for that. Ask Cat about the snakes. I'm going to ask her about. Ask, the snakes. ask her if there's any snake imagery. I have has, I have recurring. two notes for myself from uh, both from our conversations. One is uh, now ask Cat about snakes. The other <laughs> the other one is ask Cat about. Paul McCartney yes. is dead conspiracy. Yes. <laughs> I those are important questions. I would love to know what Kat's thoughts are on those those two things. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna find you some pictures of the snake imagery. I've got yes, I, I feel do. like those exist somewhere from the reputation. I'm sure board. they do. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of questions. All I'm right. Putting those in our I'm putting those in our legends doc. Don't worry. Awesome. <laughs> good. Well, them. hopefully Kat will have some uh answers for me with all those questions that I have about Taylor Swift. Um, awesome. Well, I'm excited to hear that. So uh, looking forward to that Legends of Tomorrow a podcast episode with the legendary ladies on Taylor Swift conspiracies. So excited. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Supergirl Radio, though. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And thanks for joining us for Supergirl Radio Rewind. <laughs> McGurk! I Do love not mess with my Google Docs, Meeksy. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Kira. I love that. So I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Supergirl.